Hey, this is Sheikok Barshabaz, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Wrestling POV Global Black and Yellow Brand. It's your point of view on the global stand. From north to south to east to west, they got you covered like a blanket, but I digress from elite to elite to the hot topic. AEW Impact New Japan, they got it. Have you laughing so hard? Have your belly aching? Heard any different? I'm sure you're mistaken. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a very special edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan, played today by John Wayne. (laughs) In the role of the gentleman, Elio Canella, we have James Dean. And playing the lone wolf Andy Anderson today will be Rick Serrano III. Hello! (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, welcome aboard, boys and girls. We have some wrestling to talk about. Um, I'm not even going to get into the anger that was preceding me even watching this wrestling match, but I'm going to say something that uh, probably touched most of you in your hearts, but uh, for all the cable companies listening out there, fuck you all, your bullshit, and everyone, drop your cable, start streaming stuff, and rip off as much shit off the internet as you can, because cable companies can suck our you-know-whats. They're nothing but money-hungry bastard, greedy dicks. And I was trying to play nice with them, and I still just got screwed over. So, nope, no more. Let's talk some wrestling. I'm mad now, goddammit. Rick, how's your week? It's been great, man. I've been running now, trying to get back in shape. Weather's getting nicer, so just trying to get my mind at ease, get my titties to be smaller. That's that's always a goal for most men. We want bigger <laughs> ones. <laughs> we want bigger ones, but get our own smaller. Definitely, definitely. Elio, you got some tit stuff to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my week's been great. Uh, got snow here today, but uh, when the weather's been nice, I've been going outside. I went for a walk a couple of days ago. Gotta get I, back I'm... on. Gotta, I gotta get back on the treadmill. Uh, you know what? I, 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 you're going to see this, Rick, when you see the next episode of Quarantine that's coming your way soon. I am highly disappointed in Elio Canella. Extremely upset. I was. He, me, Andy Anderson, Tony Kazina, we, for cancer, shaved our luxurious long locks this week. We all went in with nice, smooth <laughs> heads just to show the love of the cancer victims out there. And Elio was like, fuck you all. I have hair. <laughs> Screw you, boys. So you know what, Elio? You're going to probably get cancer and burn and die someday. And that'll be on you. You <laughs> had I put myself in the book. <laughs> well, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, no, it was weird watching three bald guys and a guy with uh, a, a a extremely luxurious. Hair. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyways, let's get into uh, let's get into our regular elite delete. I feel like making fun of somebody, and we got somebody to make fun of this week for sure. <laughs> elite delete this week. Our good friend from South Africa with the Spanish name Angelico. He's from South Africa. Why is he Angelico? Anyways. Um, Half of the hybrid theory, we've seen these guys around. Um, I've always said he looks like if you took Chris Saban and made him lose 50 pounds and then stretched him on a rack so he was six inches taller, you would get Angelico, the cracked out brother of Chris Saban. (laughs) For sure. Um, He has the most ridiculous dance in the world. I don't know if you see this little weird dance he does when he gets to the ring. Mm -hmm. At first, I liked it. Then I hated it. Then I like, hey, I don't know where I am with it. It's just weird. His style, at times, I find it interesting. 
but there's just so many times I'm like, this just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And, like, Lord help him if the guy is 30 pounds heavier than him, which most are, then his moves look extremely contrived and not very realistic. So he kind of looks like a guy sort of parodying some kind of thing. So I know for myself, uh, I have to go for uh, delete, uh, just in the sense that I, I don't think the hybrid theory is a very good tag team at all. No, uh, they're the definitely the jobbers of the jobbers. Okay, uh, they have nice little matching uniforms. They do a fun, bunch of crappy quick moves and they lose quite a bit. Um, I think Angelico could have something to him, but first of all, there's no mid heavyweight division within AEW, which you'd think there would be because there's a lot of smaller guys. But he just can't run with bigger guys. Angelico just his body size, his mass, his skill level. I just don't see him ever being able to compete on the top level. Uh, unless he's just going to be the guy you beat up every week with a half a name. So I'm going to have to go with uh, delete this week. How about you, Rick? All right. You know, Angelico is a hell of a performer. You know, he has the Lucha style. I just don't see it as being great or good. Um, The Lucha style doesn't work with his length and his, like his body. He's just too lanky to -hmm. be a luchador. So it just doesn't work. I understand the submission styles and the MMA background. All right, show me more of that instead of doing this luchador stuff because it doesn't work for you. Um, I don't see it. Uh, and he's partners with Jack Evans, right? The hybrid, yeah. yeah. Both of them together, I don't see it. I got to go with Delete, short and sweet this week. All right. Uh, Elio, I'm interested. What do you think? I got to go with the delete. I'm not a fan of hybrid, too. Uh, like Rick said, and some of these moves that Angelico does, like he's mm-hmm. just like tall. He shouldn't focus on like what he's good at because the luchador style just doesn't work. I, I agree with that, guys. I really think that the luchador thing is too much for him. But at the flip side, his submission style is geared towards smaller men. Yeah. And I don't think it works when he's going up against anybody who's a credibly bigger guy. So uh, I, he obviously has, you know what? He took some time to work on a discipline that's very different than everyone else's. Uh, maybe he can go back to the drawing board and, and retailor that to something. Um, but he obviously has, like I seriously, if I had to choose one or two between him and his partner, I would take Angelico in a minute. I think yeah, his partner sure. is just the flash in the pan who just does dumb shit that makes no sense. And, and then burns himself out. He needs a tag team partner to carry the, the rest of the match. So I, I think there is a potential in him, but this is a guy who's going to, I would throw, throw yourself down to dark and elevation, work harder, get rid of your tag team partner and work a bit more on your submissions and, and try and make yourself a bit more credible looking. So now what do fans, uh, did, did uh, any fans are not, did, what's the percentage? What do the people vote in? What's the elite elite percentage this week? Can I'm curious. See? Are we just being big old meanies down Helico or what? So for, for Elite Delete this mm-hmm. week, 82% went with Elite. Well, 18 <laughs> went with Delete. What do you mean 82? How did 82% people think this guy's elite? I don't Jesus know. Christ. You know what that makes me think, Rick? You know what that We're makes wrong. me think? No, it makes me think that that's interesting. But stupid. That's right, people. <laughs> Check yourselves before you wreck yourselves. All right, let's get to the... That's wiggly, the, wiggly, wet. Let's get to the next topic today. Uh, we're going to talk about our uh, our hot topic of the week. Our first hot topic, and it's sort of funny, and I wanted your guys' opinion before you saw what happened tonight. The first question I threw out there happened to be because I saw this weird friction going on between Sting and Lance Archer. 
but it had a weird kind of flavor backspin on it. And it was like, are these guys getting gearing up to fight or are they gearing up to get together as a team of sorts? It made me think really hard. Now, we obviously had some indications after tonight's show, but I want to ask you guys before you saw that, where you were leaning. Because there's no way that couldn't, it couldn't motivate you to go one way, to, to the one way. So, for, first of all, Elio, before you saw tonight's uh, thing, what happened with Lance Archer and Sting, where were you leaning towards? Do you think they were setting up towards a feud or do you think they were setting up to get these guys to eventually become tag team partners? It looked like uh, they were saying for a few, but um, I, I'm just going more with the other way there. I th- because I don't think anyone uh, wants to see Sting in another singles match. Well, I, I think people are going to pay to want to see him do something more than walk around with a bat, though. I mean, so I thought, like, I think he would work better in a tag team. Okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so you're leaning towards that they you thought that Archer and Sting were yep. kind of being guided towards the thing. All right, Rick, how did you see that up up until tonight? You know, I, I thought feud. I thought yep. this is leading towards a feud. Obviously, he interrupted him about three times, and mm-hmm. every time he came out, he was angry. Jake the Snake is angry at Sting. He don't like Sting for whatever reason, <laughs> and it just seemed like this was gonna go down. Like they were gonna fight, whether it be Darby and Lance Archer or Jake and Sting, or both two on two, yeah. whatever it was, yeah. it was gonna happen, and. I'm still up in the air on it. I'm not sold that they're going to be working together. I still mm-hmm. think it's a possibility because the storylines with AEW do exactly what the Ghostbusters tell you not to do, and that's cross the streams. And they've been crossing <laughs> streams all over, man. And I, I don't see it happen. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm still leaning towards feud. Oh, man. As much as Andy loves the Ghostbusters, he too he would never make a good pissing joke like you just did. Thank you. I, yeah, I love I you, man. Um <laughs> You know what? This is those point of times where um, I wish I had, and I love Rick. I love the fact that you can sometimes separate yourself from all the backstage shit, you know, and still look at it as a fan, right? Because the problem was I was looking at it as a fan, but then all that stuff started creeping, you know, the backstage stuff in my head, the things that I know from like, you know, information we get. And then it occurred to me too, is pretty damn hard to have a feud between a 61 year old man or 61 year old dude versus a guy who's like six foot, you know, eight and is like massively powerful. How does he traipse around that? You know, so then I started thinking they've got to be making these guys a team. That way he can cover Sting and make Sting the hot tag all the time or, you know, have him in there. The minimalist thing while while Archie does the setup. I thought I saw that more coming along than anything. But uh, I'm curious, how did the fans read this? What what kind of uh, numbers did we get back from fans? What did they think was leading towards? So for Sting and Archer, we have 75% saying join while 25% say feud. Okay. Okay. So, that, that, this they is... know they know what AEW is about. That's what it is. That's what yeah. shows what our listeners are about. They know <laughs> AEW. Yeah. So you know what though, we may have had some indication tonight, but hey, you know what? That doesn't mean anything in the world of wrestling. An indication marker can mean a big red herring for all we know. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. you know what's going to happen. The guys at AEW are like, oh, we heard the WPOV Global Show. Those guys think they know. Let's fuck them switch up. it. Yep. Let's fuck him up. That legend guy's getting the head way too big. And Trent's, Trent's going to kill him when he sees what he wrote on his <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's get into the second one. And this one, I actually want to approach this in a way. Uh, 
of let's talk about the people that got released. Uh, while I'm talking here, I'd like you right now, Elio, can you pull up a list of the people, the 10 wrestlers that got released last week, okay, from the WWE? Uh, and uh, what I want to say, folks, is we're gonna, me, Rick, and Elio, are we going to take a quick look at some of those names, and, and, and we're going to say each name. I'm going to go through that list really quickly, and then we're going to decide, this person does have a chance of going somewhere. Would I like to see this person do what I don't care where they end up? We're just going to say where we see as guys who've been sort of tracking this along. And I'll get the ball rolling. I know one of the first names on there was Kalisto. Yeah. Kalisto. I'll start with you, Rick. Where would you like to see Kalisto and where where would you like to see him and where do you think he's actually going to end up? Out of everybody, Kalisto's the one I was most interested in seeing. Um, the guy is in immaculate shape. The guy takes great care of his body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would do well in AEW. I hope he lands in AEW, and that's exactly where I think he's going to land is AEW. I think him and Ray Phoenix is the match that we all want to see. Mask versus mask. You can do whatever you want to do. Lucha style is going to be crazy. That's the matchup I want to see. That's where I want to see uh, Kalisto land. Okay. All right. Elia, where do you want to see Kalisto land? And where do you think he'll land? If it's two different things, that might be a possibility too. I want to see him uh, um, in AWCO, how he would work out. So I think I think that's where he's going to end up there. Do you think he will end up there? And you're hoping he will end up Okay. Both, both, because I, I think I think they'll uh, pair him with I think with uh, they could pair him with Death Triangle. Yeah. What are they going to be? Death Square. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, you know what, guys? I would love to see him in AEW. That's where I'd love to see him. I honestly think, however, he's going to end up in Impact. I think Impact is a little more suited. Uh, I know, yeah, it's not the greatest, but it's also not being you know thrown out to the absolute indies of you know. George's uh, hot dog shack down the street, which runs a show once a month. You know, like, uh, I, I really think that, uh, I think he would do great in AEW, but I don't think AEW is sold enough on him. Uh, he didn't have a lot of buzz unless you were a total indie guy going into the WWE. Uh, what did he wrestle as before? Something Del Sol. Uh, uh, some, some, some array. Some, some something array. with an S. Something yeah, Del Sol. Some Ray. Summary del Sol Manny. That's what okay. it was going by. Okay. Now, um, I just think, um, oh man, AEW has kind of got a lot of small guys, and it does have a good contingency right now of, of luchador wrestlers. And I, I don't really know if there's a room enough to throw one more in there. I mean, they were trying to get Laredo Kid in there a bit, and it was, yeah. you know, it was a bit of an ill fit. Um, I just think as much as we, we'd love to see him and obviously Phoenix – uh, get together down the road. Um, I don't think his direct route will be to AEW. I think he may get there someday, but I think Impact is more than likely the first place that he's going to pop up. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Mickey James. Yeah. James, Rick, where do you see Mickey James ending up and where do you hope she ends up? Um, I see her ending up on, I see her working in the back, honestly, for Impact. Mm-hmm. And I hope that she goes to Impact to wrestle. I mm-hmm. think Impact has a very strong women's division, and I think she just would make it stronger. But I honestly think she's going to be producer role. I think that's where she's going to be uh, her future as uh, a producer in the back for Impact. All right. Elio? Yeah, I can see that as well. Uh, 
because I was following her when I was following her when she was in Impact, and uh, she she did well there. So I think I'd, I'd like to see her go go to Impact. Okay, as a wrestler or a producer. Um, you know what? I I, I think that the AEW's women's division is giving getting better and better. Part of me would like to see her in there to uh, bolster up some of those numbers to to you know get some training into some of these younger girls. Um, <laughs> However, I'm kind of wondering if she'll end up in NWA. I mean, her husband's there. Uh, That seems to be an attraction for a lot of uh, wrestlers to end up where their mates are eventually. Uh, He still has a lot of clout as world champion. She still has a name for herself. Uh, And there's still a couple women wrestlers in there of note. You know, we still have Thunder Rosa, who's regularly appearing there, and uh, Serena Deeb. So I think, in my heart, I think she's going to end up in NWA, although I'd rather see her wrestle in uh, AEW. All right, okay. Elio, do you have that list for me? I do have that list. Okay. We're going to read the big names last. Go give me some of the smaller names that came off there. So I got uh, Peyton Royce. I said, give me the small names. Oh. Give me the big names last. Small, 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 small names. Small name. so Tucker. Have, so Tucker. Yeah, Tucker. Tucker, okay. You want to start with Tucker, Rick? Yeah, I honestly see Tucker going to Impact or <laughs> just going to Indies. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, I don't yeah. see much for him. Do you do you have any hopes for him though, or do you not really care? I hope I hope he does well. I think Impact would be a good spot for him. I think Impact is a good spot for guys to rejuvenate their careers. Um, mm-hmm. Also, there's interest from from Chris Jericho for him to be on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, to tell his story about the breakup of Heavy Machinery. So he he has interest out there. So I okay. think build yourself up in the Indies, go to Impact, and then maybe return to WWE one day. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip over me before I go to Elio. I think that uh, I think I would like to see him in either Impact or once again maybe uh, NWA. However, I think he's going to end up in ROH. I think okay. he might have a different approach there. I think ROH might be the better route for him. Uh, I think in Impact he becomes like Bram at best. You know that kind of guy who floats yep. in and out of stuff. I think in NWA he may get some uh, play, but he doesn't go far. I don't think he has enough clout or anything to carry into AEW, unless he wants to spend the rest of his time jobbing it out on uh, Elevation or whatever the dark is. Uh, I think his good route is he was a guy who started to show some stuff before the whole breakup of Heavy Machinery, before it all went to focusing on Otis. I think he had some good, interesting potential behind him, and I think. Maybe he could develop that to a better degree in ROH. And I think that might be the step that he'll take. Uh, where you, what do you think, Elio? I think he's going to go to Impact. I'd like to see how he does an Impact. Okay. And is that where you're hoping he ends up also, too? Yeah. Okay. All right, next name on the list. Uh, we got uh, Mojo Rawley. Yes. Oh, God. You know what, Mojo Rawley? I'm going to take the first one on this. I don't give a fuck where he ends up, and I hope he ends up nowhere because he was an incredible waste of time, a big mouth ex-football player with no talent really to show behind it. Guys like that pissed me off. That He took off. How much time on – how much valuable TV time did he take away from somebody who deserved it? Yeah. So, in my opinion, Mojo Rawley, two thumbs down. Don't give two shit where you end up, and you're probably yeah. not going to end up anywhere. So. I don't. I, I've never cared about Mojo Rawley. He's no Mongo McMichael. I'll tell you what. Oh God. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really care, Elio. I I don't care where Mojo Rawley ends up. I've never been a fan of him. So 
they wasted so much time even with that stupid thing they were going gearing towards and where he they had him look staring into the mirror or whatever. <laughs> or so I'm like, no, just uh, yeah. I would have been I, I would have been blown away. Care. Elio, I would have been blown away if you'd said, All right, assholes. I think he deserves to go into AEW. <laughs> oh, His acting is eloquent. Oh. <laughs> All right. Who's next on our list? Uh, we got Wesley Blake. Oh, Wesley Blake is, uh, he's doomed for the uh, Indies. Yeah. Um, I lost hope on Wesley Blake a long time ago. Do you remember when he used to team up with uh, Buddy Murphy? Buddy Murphy. I, yeah. I saw the redhead guy in my head, but. You know, he was also, even in that team, you could tell he was the Marty Jannetty. I'm sorry. Yeah. To bring our, your old analogy, he was definitely the Marty Jannetty of that. He was. I thought they were going to bring, I seriously thought they were going to bring them up to the main roster earlier. Oh, did yeah. you? Like as a team. Well, you, you sure. know what? I actually, you know what I really saw him as? And for old school wrestling fans, you'll get this more. I saw him like he was Dennis Condry. Okay. <laughs> He was the Midnight Express guy that they was too old and they're just going to replace him with a younger Midnight Express guy. Bring in Stan Lane and like, who was that old dude who used to be here? Wesley Blake just looked old when he was young. So I, I just, I did not. And I, to be honest, uh, up until six months ago, I didn't even realize that dude was still around. So that ought to tell you, like, this this firing is no surprise and no shock to me. You know, yeah. Surpri- surprising yeah. the fact I didn't know he still had a job. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, who we got uh, we next? Got, we got Chelsea Green. Now, Chelsea Green is somebody I would love, even though Zack Ryder, woo-woo-woo, girl, woo, woo, leave woo. this foolio, man. Leave him. Uh, do not go to Impact. I think she should go to AEW. I think that would be a perfect spot for her, but I think she ends up in Impact. Okay. Elio? Yeah, I think she's going to end up in Impact, but I really like seeing AEW. I, I, I've known Chelsea Green. I've interviewed her a few times. I've worked with her a few times. Uh, she's awesome. Okay, she's just like one of the nicest people you've ever met. Uh, backstage, she's, she's just great. Uh, but And very talented and very willing to learn. You know what? She's done the Impact shit before. She's done yeah. that before. Uh, I don't think she's going to go back. I think a lot of girls who you find that a lot of girls don't return to Impact a lot. Some do, but most of them don't. Uh, I think she's, she's going to be an AEW if she can get her hand issues you know, she can keep yeah, her health up. Her wrist. Yep. Yeah. I think if she can keep that up, she'd be awesome in that force. All yeah. right. Next. We got uh, Bo Dallas. Now, oh. Bo Dallas, I think Bo leaves and he leaves uh, wrestling altogether. I think he's going to focus on his farm. Um, if, where would I like to see him? Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, AEW, he could be the leader of the Dark Order. I could see something like that because he. That whole believe in yourself stuff, I think he believes in it and it works. Um, but yeah, I think he'd rather stay retired. So stay on the farm, Bo. That's my All take. Right. Elio, uh, where would you like to see him? Were you ever a fan of this guy? I, uh, yeah, uh, somewhat of a fan. Um, I I'd like to see him in AEW. Um, I think uh, I think he's either going to stay retired or you know show up in our H and WA. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, uh, I, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think he's going to stay retired. Uh, you know, he's doing this farm stuff. Apparently he has like a real estate license now. He's also selling real estate. Uh, so he obviously has been preparing to leave yeah. <laughs> for a while before this even happened. Uh, I wonder, we'll always wonder too, was he one of those dudes who that they just, they forgot he was still on the payroll? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> you know, they're like, holy shit, this guy's still getting money from us? I'm like, oh, okay. John Laurinaitis uh, is like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> Bo, Bo Dallas is still here. 
<laughs> Good one, John. I like that. Um, so, so I still think JTG was the best, man. Like he he, he stayed the longest without yeah. anyone noticing. Yeah. But uh I think you know, I was never a fan of Bo Dallas. Guys, I never got into it. I didn't like the Volive stuff. I didn't like I didn't even oh. find it ironically funny. For me, Bo Dallas was just a big waste of time for me. So really mm. I don't really care where he ends up, and I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think his career is pretty much done. Uh, All right, next. Uh, Samoa Joe. Okay, come on, man. CM Punk coming out saying that he'd love his match comeback match to be with Joe. Yeah. That's got to make the WWE feel a little bit stupid. I love Samoa Joe. He's one of the reasons that I transitioned so much into watching indie wrestling. He was one of the biggest reasons I came back and started really watching wrestling. Okay. Uh, the guy was incredible. His ROH stuff. I used to order his tapes, man. I, I own all of the ROH videos they put out of him. I paid for that shit to have it sent across the border and whatnot. Nice. Waited around for my thing to get these discs. Uh, love. I've seen him wrestle live. Uh, you know, I've talked to him backstage. He's a super cool dude. Uh, he's the one interview that one of two interviews I never got to do that I've always wanted to do with Samoa Joe. Uh, I think the guy still has it. I know they're a little worried. I mean, I, I guess his last concussion was during a commercial yeah. shoot or something like that. That's problematic. On the flip side, and I don't want to sound callous here, but I, and I don't mean Don callous because I'm not sounding like a total douche rag, but I don't want to sound like a bit of a douche rag here. But the fact is, okay, uh, I think I must have fallen on my head like a hundred times as a kid. And uh, I used to play football where they encouraged us to run straight at each other head on head. I played hockey where we're supposed to every now and then hit each other with a stick. So how come every time now, every, every time somebody gets a slight head injury, it's like, oh my God, he's got a concussion. What, what happened? Did everyone go weak over the last 20 did years? You, because <laughs> Did you not see the movie Concussion with Will Smith? What, did that just change everything? We saw it a movie. Changed and changed everything. Now, no, but it I mean, here's the, the world. <laughs> science. Well, then how come science just didn't naturally change it? So are we all walking? Like, that's just what I'm saying is like, you know what? <laughs> it's like the pussification of the human mankind okay 20 Jeez. years ago 20 years ago you could go to school and eat a peanut butter sandwich now you'll kill 13 kids and probably three of the teachers uh, i used to drink you know what i used to drink out of a hose outside when i was thirsty i didn't run in for uh purified water and whatnot i drank out of the hose hell i remember sticking my lips against the freaking building and turning it on into the so what the hell happened i'm not dead i didn't get <laughs> that's what is driving me crazy somebody gets a concussion oh my god will he ever wrestle again fuck there are hockey players in the 50s who got 13 concussions in a season and they still scored the most goals so i don't get it I, all I right wanna... someone let grandpa tj ramble on again someone give him his meds <laughs> pretty much i'm sorry guys but in my opinion if someone joe's gonna nut up and he's gonna wrestle and it's gonna be okay so I don't where know. is he going to be at? Where do you want him? He's going to be in AEW. He's going to give the WWF the thing that I'm giving Rogers and Shaw right now, this middle finger. I wish you people could see. Um, yeah, he's going to give them that. And I would love it so much if CM Punk came out Whoa. just because of that, just, just, just to spit in WWE's face. So yeah, I yeah. see him. I see him going to AEW. That that's going to be a given. Okay, man. Yeah. Him and Christian have a built-in feud. Exactly. Will have stuff to to look at. Yeah, I see him there, and that's where I hope he goes. Yeah, you know Samoa Eat Joe. That tirade. <laughs> to, yeah, Samoa Joe to AEW sounds like a perfect plan, and it almost sounds too perfect. And that's why I think he's going to end up in Impact because oh, it God, just sounds no. it just sounds too good to be <sighs> true. 
Impact who, screwed his career. I know they did. I know. And I feel okay. like that's where the money is for him. AEW's going to want him, but I think he ends up in Impact, unfortunately. And maybe even a, a commentary role. Or maybe he can replace JR in AEW. You know, you never know. Yeah. How about, how about New Japan? I think it's too rough. Too rough? I think, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it's too rough from Elio. I like, like Seaman. Are we shy? No, I, I think I think he I think he, he that's uh, a big step back. No, I no, I think uh I think he's gonna win EW. Yeah. Okay. okay. And where do you want right. to see him? I want to see him in AEW, actually. Okay, MLW. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and according to Elio, this is one of the, the lower tier people, Peyton yeah. Royce. Well, you know what? We're going to have to group them together because they got fired together. They and worked Billy together. Kay. Yeah. Billy Kay, I'm sorry, is probably one of the most attractive female wrestlers ever on this planet. Uh, I don't care what she does. I'm turning on the TV. You're going to have to mute it. Um, but the Iconics were fun. But I just, you know what? As much as I like to see them in AEW, I want them in there as a joke. They're okay. not a very good tag team, to be honest. I mean, yep. they're good showmen, but when it comes down to brass tacks and actual wrestling, uh, Peyton Royce carries that team, and uh, I don't think it's enough. I think we're trying to turn around the AEW, AEW women's division. I think they'd be a bit of detriment if they became the people who we're all of a sudden thrust into the big thing unless they prepare to be total jokes in there by all means do the iconics shtick uh that would be fun but i don't think they're a credible enough w- real tag team to be in there i mean let's face it even in even in wwe they weren't a credible tag team they were the joke tag team who could pull off a few things you know yeah so what do you see in this rick what do you see the iconic? uh i see iconic i think they're iconic i think they're great mm-hmm. i agree with you with the comedy but I want to see them separated. I want yeah. to see Billy Kay in the Dark Order. I think <laughs> she would be perfect in the Dark Order. Can you, can you imagine her in the Dark? Like, come on! And now Peyton Royce, aka Cassie Lee, I see her in Pinnacle, and I see her right there with her husband, uh, okay. Sean Spears. So I see them in AEW. I want them to go to AEW. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm halfway there because I don't see Billy Kay doing much aside mm-hmm. from being the jokester. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, AEW. I'll go with AEW. Okay. And before we ask Elio, you don't want to want to throw this out there. Do you know Rick what uh, Peyton Royce's name was in the Indies before she signed? Uh, because she she wrestled in Western Canada here quite a bit. I seen her her first eight months after the Storm Academy developed here, and she went on to a few places before WWE. But she wrestled under the name. Do you have any ideas? No clue. Cassie McIntosh. Ah. So that's why Cassie Lee didn't surprise me because she had wrestled as Cassie McIntosh. All right, Elio Iconics. Are I know you think uh, they're useless and small, tiny team, but <laughs> are these mistaken? Are these Peyton? You you said that in the beginning of the show, but I'm sure you're mistaken. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know. You can uh, rewind, no, fans. I, <laughs> I think they're gonna go, and I want to see them in AEW. Okay, you don't think they're gonna muddy up the women's division a little bit? I mean, this is pretty much on the whole kin of bringing in. I don't know uh, who's the scary demon chick uh, teaming with the redhead chick who sings Jericho song. I mean. <laughs> these aren't exactly high caliber wrestlers we're talking <laughs> okay okay we, we've had enough of what are the i know some fans we got a whole you know just 
a crap load of feedback on this and there's just so much it crashed one of our servers so as we're sorting through these things only one thing came up that i saw right away that we could untangle some guy pushing for the iconics uh thinking that he thought they would be a great in, in aew so you know what uh I guess some people do, you know, even if it just takes one, that's a cut section of some people. Yeah. We're going to try and sort through those numbers folks. And if we can get them all correlated by the end of this episode, we'll try and do it. If not, we'll try and carry it down the road and figure out some more about it. But uh, thank you all crazy enough that you guys crashed the damn server with that many responses, but Hey, what can you say when you folks want to talk about something, you want to talk about something. Anyways, we're going to go to a quick commercial break, but before we do, I'd like to ask my good friend, Elio, if Elio, if people want to write in to this people to, to talk to us, to suggest things, to give us feedback for our show, where can they write? So you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. Did you know that we are one of many shows on the WPOV network? We are WPOV Global. Usually there's me, Elio Canella, and usually the Lone Wolf Andy Anderson. Uh, doing this show this week we have a fill-in you can find this guy regularly uh okay first of all the global show that's on uh thursdays and fridays fridays and fridays yep thursday and friday one of those two days we come out on saturday night the guy that you're hearing filling in for uh andy today rick serrano third he is one of the main hosts on wpov wrestling it is a show dedicated to everything wwe uh we have him we have tony diaz and we have uh, clay cummings the three of them uh, they have so they have a lot of different kind of fun. They're a little more American than us, I guess, because they do like some trivia stuff. They do some <laughs> all kinds of things. Um, I can't even name it. I'm not fun enough to be on their show. They've, those assholes have never asked me on the show. Five second shuffle, bunch Wait. of different things. We, yeah. t- we, we got a new segment coming up with Matt Novak from the UK. He's going to be coming on, uh, jumping in, giving us an NXT UK report all the mm-hmm. way from England. So we got a bunch of different. Cool things going on. TJ, you're welcome anytime if you want to wake up that early. It's any, anytime you're ready. Take it as in. No, I'll just lie and say you guys never invite me. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have uh, WPOV Quarantine, which usually shows up on Wednesdays. It is our Zoom-based show where we have two uh, different uh, formats. You can listen to it like you're listening to these shows right now. Or you can go on to YouTube and watch. You'll see us. Or you'll see our faces. You'll see us talking. But you'll also see our guests. And we have had a lot of big name guests come on in the last while. We've had Bushwhacker, Luke Savio Vega, uh, Ron Fuller. D'Lo We've had Brown. Bruce Howe, D'Lo Brown. Um, there's a few other guys. I know I'm going to forget guys, but it's a fun show where we really try to. We started off with a bit of a puff thing where we talk about like you know really surface stuff, but then we dig deep and we try to get into the psychology and the history of wrestling and why things work, why they work now, why they worked before. And I always find it a fascinating thing. Every episode I've come out of there with a cooler understanding of something in this professional wrestling world. Now you can find all these shows on our many different networks. We have TuneIn, we have iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes. iTunes. How could I forget iTunes? I, I used to, okay. Anyhow, we have those many for us. Now, before we go to the commercial, last thing I'm going to do, Rick, flog us some t-shirts, okay? Whoa, I'm going to tell you something, brother. I'm old Colgate. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm telling you right now, Rick Serrano III here, the greatest of the greatest of all time, Mr. First Ever, is here to tell you some t-shirts, brother. 
Make sure you go to prowrestlingtees.com slash wrestlingpov for $19.99. You can get not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, five times. Tell me you did not just say that, sucker, for five T-shirts at wrestlingpov for prowrestlingtees.com. All right, $19.99. You get all five T-shirts for $19.99 each. It helps us by pushing all four shows that you just heard Tom just talk to us about. Just make sure you get a shirt. And now, can you dig that? Sucker. And with that, we will be right back after these messages. Hey, this is Big Bad Boris from PW Wrestling and Clandestine Society, and you're watching WPOV Global. Hey, folks, we are back, and let's take a look now at our regular feature. One of you two cue up the name for this because this is AEW Dynamite. Dynamite. We start off. Um, Okay, I, I'm not sure if I can remember exactly. I, I remember I forgot to write it down. But I think it started off in the very beginning with Omega and yeah, his, yeah. his cronies have got a trailer. Nice. Wow. A big trailer and they're going to hang out in their trailer. Ooh, they're stars. Okay. All right. We get into our first match. We have uh, Adam Page versus Ricky Starks. Um, I found this to be a solid to good match. It wasn't as... The, I had a problem with... It seems like... Adam Page takes a long time to get going in his matches lately. Mm-hmm. I know, agree. The first half of the match, you're kind of like, this is the number one contender, contender, you know? But then he starts work, waking himself up. Ricky Starks, this guy looks good. I, I'm yeah. very impressed with yeah. this dude. Um, but man, when he took that, he took like a powerbomb thing that looked like he came right down on his neck. I thought his head was going to snap off. And then he just sort of rolled up and got up. And I was like, you know, he was that, that close. close. Yep. That close to, to really getting uh, hurt. Uh, really impressed with him lifting up Paige into a Liger bomb. Yeah. That kind of mm-hmm. kind of surprised me. Um, what a brutal tap out by Paige, though. Has he been has Moxley been teaching him that? Because that All looked right. clear out of the Moxley textbook. Throws him over into almost a bully choke. And uh, did you, you also find it funny how that? Just as a quick aside here, did you notice that they used to call that the bully choke for like? When, it, when Mox started using it, because that's what it used to be called. Okay, that was that move. It hasn't been used a long time. They call it, now they're softening it. They don't call it the bully choke. They gave it some other name. Oh, I just yeah. think that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. The PC cops came in and said, you can't use the word bully. But uh, um, I thought this was a very good match. I thought uh, Hook looks stupid. Yeah, Man, does that guy does not look like a wrestler whatsoever. No, we're never going to see that guy. He's not going to be anything other than like a corner man. I really hope not. I really hope they don't try and shove him down his throat. You know, like he's like the new. No, I'm saying I don't ever. think we're ever going to see that guy in the ring. He's just going to be in the corner. Well, I, I hope so. But wrestling has been full of people who are rel- related to someone who shouldn't be in the ring who got in the ring. I'd rather not see him on my screen at all. I, I agree. <laughs> Uh, there was a di- there was a really ridiculous run in at the end, um, which uh, well let's before we get into the, all that run and crap, uh, Rick, your takes on this match? Yeah, you know this is the first time I have I I believe this is the first time I've seen Ricky Starks on Dynamite in a singles match. Like, oh no, he's I been a couple in the beginning, but it's well, been that, a long time. yeah, it's been a very long time since I've seen Ricky Starks in a singles match. Um, I think this was a good, solid match to open the show. I think you're right about Adam Page being slow to start. But I think this was a really good match. Hook mm-hmm. is an idiot. He could, at, <laughs> yeah. at the end, that scapuddle thing, whatever, the scafuffle, he could, the kicks were terrible. And again, we're blending stories. Now mm-hmm. we're going after Adam Page, Taz's team, but you were just going after Christian. Where, right. Why are we so convoluted and mixing everything all together like cement? It just doesn't make sense to me. But – 
great opening match. And it, well, you know, the, the worst thing about mixing all these storylines is uh, they mix them, but Taz's team never wins. No, <laughs> they lose every single battle, no matter who they're going against. They have like no credibility here. Um, yeah. and I think Ricky Starks did look good. Um, go ahead, uh, Elio. What did you think of this match? Yeah, I thought this was a good opening match. Um, I like the I like that uh, following slam that uh, Paige uh, hit into that pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, I got to say this though, guys. Um, okay, so we've been teasing and teasing and teasing. Um, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks don't get along or not even that Brian Cage isn't on board okay so with all that teasing didn't didn't it make more sense it would have made a lot more sense and when he came out he sort of didn't help uh, yeah. those guys I was expecting that it seemed like the logical thing but then all of a sudden no we're all good buddies again forget everything and it's just they've been purposely showing Cage just taking every moment to, to throw his nose up at Taz and the guys, but now he comes out and backs them. I, I found that just a little bit odd, especially since Ricky Starks was the dude he was having the most grief with, yeah. yet he's running out there to help Ricky. So, And goddamn, they're still talking about the FTW Championship. Do we yeah. really need to hear about that garbage? Ah, all right. Next we move on. We get uh, Penta, El Miro, Zero, Hero, Firo, I don't know. His name goes on and on. Uh, against Trent with a question mark. <laughs> Who the hell's with the now, question mark? Yeah, yeah. And the, and the announcer actually announced him in the, in the form of a question. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And Jr. even talked about it. Now, was this again? Maybe I'm not. I haven't noticed. Was Trent always Trent? Was no. that always a question there? No, no. no but he did always have. Yeah, well, he was Trent Barretta. No, what he's asking, though, is is were they always lately asking him, like, a question? No. Uh, he did, for some reason, just before he got injured, would have that question mark on his uh, sweats and stuff, right? Or his, his gear. But uh, no one ever mentioned it, actually. They never once talked about it. So I don't know why they're retconning now. Now they're gone into retconning comic book style. <laughs> that's yeah. real history. Um, no, that's I don't what, that's what I was trying to say. I, I, don't, I remember him ever being trained question mark before. No, but, but he did have the question mark on his trunks for a very long time. Oh, okay. Okay, so I remember that because I always think, well... Did he buy him at the generic wrestling store? Like, yeah, okay. Um, things I, I liked. Um, I liked the translator guy a lot. Alex Abrahantis. Yeah, I, I think he's pretty hilarious. Um, there is one weird thing. Okay, I don't like it when you do some. Like, okay, we're watching these matches, right? And the, and the, the thing we talk about storytelling is when, is when you do stuff to further along the physicality, furthers along the story that's going on in the ring to give it a sense of credibility. So when you do something even minor that's very off, it throws you off, okay? We've seen many times in a ring, a guy is outside the ring in the middle. So his opponent will run back against the ring and do something, right? He'll run to the other side, hit the ropes, come over. When have you ever, ever seen a wrestler run into the area where that wrestler is, bounce off it when there's only like three feet and then run to the other ropes. And soon as that happened, soon as he went for that, I went, oh, he's going to get tripped because nobody does that. The only reason he did that was to give an opportunity for Penta to pull him down. So I don't like it when you do sloppy stuff like that. He could have burned and crashed on the dive. He could have tripped up somewhere else, made it look more realistic. Instead, he played his hand, and there's another match here where I wrote down that somebody else did that too. Uh, it's where um, 
it's where logic goes out the window okay yeah and uh that was that was the one part that really bothered me there um yeah it's not on this one okay uh the weak mic shot who is teaching people to hit people with microphones because this is some weak ass shit we're seeing constantly in aw someone grabs a microphone gives a little tap which gives you a little a tiny little and the person acts like they got hit with a well, I guess we can't say exploding baseball bat because yeah, you know, that ain't gonna do dick. But it's like somebody hit you with Triple H's sledgehammer to the face. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, and I have a lot of problems with Penta. Penta, Penta looks cool. He does some things that seem cool, but when you do the same contrived shit every single week. It just looks weak. His whole crap with the hand. Thing. Yeah. His taking his Sien, glove off. Sien. Well, that wouldn't be so bad a little bit if you did it once a match. But yeah. the whole taking your glove off, slapping the guy, that that stuff would be cool if you did that once every couple matches and it would be shocking. Now it's part of his shtick. It's like in the old days in WWE where you knew where you had to chant along. There were certain times you were waiting for it so you could all jump in and do yeah. the chant. And it was ridiculous. There was no heart behind that. There was no, you know... It's, it's just a, a, an act. And that's what I didn't like, okay? I don't like that sort of stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, okay. So that, that bothered me. The match itself was okay. Uh, Penta is exciting. He does some fun things, but he also does some stuff that's kind of dumb. And as for Trent, I like him. He's like a guy who wrestles like he's probably should be three inches shorter and 50 pounds lighter, and he does some cool stuff. Um, I'm not sure what the point of this match, though, in this whole context, uh, the, the death triangle and now the best friends are at each other's throats, although they have their own feuds going on with other people. Not sure where this goes. Rick, what did you get out of this? Stuff? Yeah, uh, the best part of this match was Penta's Batman mask. I thought that was the coolest thing that he had going for him. Other mm-hmm. than that, this match was garbage. I think Alex Abrahantes is great. But I don't want to see him getting involved in matches. I think his best thing is having him on the sidelines, just translating for Penta. And what would be funny is if you find out that he's not translating for Penta, he's just speaking on behalf of himself. <laughs> that would be awesome. But that I don't see AEW doing that. So, um, yeah, I was not thrilled by this match. I do not like the best friends. I don't like Orange Cassidy. I don't like trends. Trends. <laughs> like, Trent, I did love the line where Alex said to Trent that his mom was stupid. I thought that was great. Um, I think... Uh, no, she sucks. Oh, she sucks. She oh. sucks, just like it's, Trent's mom sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, even that's better. Terrible. That's yeah. even better. Um, but yeah, that this match didn't do it for me. Okay. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, Elio? Yeah, um, I didn't. I didn't like this match. Um, I thought some of what Pinto's, um, was some of what Pinto did with the whole whatever. His hands. It was just, uh, yeah. Um, his uh, that guy, that Alex guy, that guy. I enjoyed that guy, but um, yeah, the match itself, I didn't really like. like. Okay. Alrighty. Uh. Next, we move on to the Pinnacle promo. Um, Not liking this at all. There was only one bright spot to me in this entire thing. I actually thought Wardlow came off extremely cool. He Mm -hmm. actually looked like a competent, scary-ass heel 
for the first time ever instead of just being the silent crying guy in the back or whatever the fuck he, he's trying to do. He's the only guy who came out of this that didn't look like an idiot because the other guys, they look pretty stupid sitting there. And MJF, MJF is the ultimate boy who cried wolf, okay? We all thought he was cool in the beginning, but when he did the same shtick, week in, week out, week in, week out, and it never went anywhere, even though this is the time for it now to go somewhere, He's just flogged it too long. None of us care anymore. Nobody even wants to listen. Uh, so yeah, for me, he, he MJF, and I really want to know what you guys think. Am I wrong on the MJF thing, Rick? Tag me in, coach. Tag me in, coach, because I'm here right now. Let me tell you something about MJF. MJF absolutely fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. There is nothing good about this guy. This guy is cheap. Heat business. That is all he's about. He gives middle fingers to his little kids to get his fucking little pee-pee hard. That's all he does. He is cheap <laughs> heat business. That's all he knows, and that's all he's about. This promo was garbage. He is garbage. His When the fuck was the last time he wrestled? He doesn't wrestle. He cannot say that he's the best when he doesn't go out there and show that he's the best. You know who's the best? I'm the fucking best because I'm here week in and week out on two goddamn shows every fucking week. And you know what, MJF, if we were ever to stand in a ring, I would make you look like a my jerk-off friend for sure because you will be jerking off in the corner scared of what I have to say to you if we were ever to go one-on-one with the great one if you smell what the Rick is cooking. Oh my goodness. Elio, top that. I don't think I can, I don't think I can but yeah, I, I agree with Rick. I, I can't stand MJF. I just don't like anything about this guy. He's terrible. His uh, promos are terrible. They're, he's just garbage. I'm done with this guy. I, there's okay. nothing good about him. Sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. There is Why? nothing good about him. He gets so pushed for things and it's just like what have you done you say this shit i get it that's his heel thing is to get under your skin and damn damn it it works he gets under my skin because he does nothing <laughs> he's done nothing to be saying he's the greatest come okay. on uh, i want to okay i was i forgot to where to write the note of the second thing that i was complaining about uh it actually did happen in the first match i've been racking my brains we said, I said, Adam Page did a dumb thing where he ran into the ropes knowing that when you see somebody go up to a top rope, right, Rick, somebody yep. places somebody on the top rope, you know, somehow you end up in that sitting position, right? Yep. If your legs are inside, what's going to happen? Are you ever going to get suplexed? No. No. What happens? So what does the guys usually try and do? They try and get up and throw your legs over the thing to suplex you or to do a move, right? So why in the fuck would Ricky Starks, when sitting on the thing, lift both of his legs back over the turnbuckle part and have him in the position where he can now no longer block himself from being tossed off there? He did that in this match, and that did throw me right out. I was like, because it was so obvious as he's leaning over. It's almost as bad as when somebody throws you near the corner, and as the guy's climbing the rope, you shimmy over like a few feet so you're in perfect position. That stuff takes it out. I'm not sure why Ricky Starks felt like he had to do that, but he put himself in the perfect position that you could suplex him or throw him off the ropes. Because any other way with your legs in, you would never do it. So I'm going to quit carping on the little things, but that kind of bothered me. Next, I really enjoyed, okay, I usually don't like to do it because WWE has a bad habit or it's a good habit, depending on how you look at it. If you don't watch a ton of wrestling and you want to watch the matches that are coming up, they put together, WWE put together these promo packages where they have all the scenes put together, right? 
The only problem is, is if you watch the show regularly, you're subjected to the same shit over and over yep. and over again. Uh, I got to give AEW credit. They put these packages together where even if you've been watching this all week, they make it a fresh approach that you don't feel like, oh, the same old crap. Uh, it was small. The con the Taya Conti uh, uh, Shida promo was small, but it was very effective, told you what it needed. And as a guy who actually to watch this stuff every week, I didn't feel like they flogged a whole bunch of the same garbage at me. All right. Then they got into their match. Uh, interesting match. Conti. In the beginning, um, she came off like she was really trying hard. Like, you know, I can run with you sort of deal. She started getting a little bit into that stuff where she's, you can tell what rookies do. She slows down a bit when she runs into a move. She hesitates to do something and follow through. She kind of lets the other person lead her. But that started happening in the middle of the match here. Uh, Sheeta was pretty much dictating the pace because Conti would slow down and, and sort of let Sheeta guide her. Um, this match, in the end, I thought it was a very good match. Taya, Taya really came near the end. She started doing some incredible-looking judo throws, which she always makes look great. Uh, her yeah. kicks were on point today. When she did the Samoa Joe face washing thing, when she did the run kick to the thing, came off beautiful. Even in the beginning, some of those slaps she gave Sheeta in the face, some of those forearm smashes looked tremendously well. The feeling I got from this, though, was this is the in she in in Conti's career. This is where she stepped up. She wasn't quite ready to be the world champion yet, but she pretty much was knocking on the door saying, "I'm here." Yeah. In the and unfortunately, I also feel that could be applied to the last match. There was never a real point in this match where you thought 100% that Tay was going to sneak out a win there. Even those cool false finishes at the end, you just kind of knew that she's almost there. This is showing she's there, but she's yep. not quite ready to open the championship door. So in the end, you know, Sheeta wins. Britt Baker comes out and, and makes her intentions known. What, what did you get out of this, Rick? You know, this match... This is Sheeta's eighth title defense. Mm -hmm. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change. And Britt Baker is that change. Oh, All right, listen, I know you love Sheeta, but yep. guys, we need a new champion. I love Britt Baker too, but I don't think yeah. Britt Baker is, is, should be the next champion. Listen, I, I thought, I thought uh, Nyla Rose, Ty Conti, mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of other women should have been the champion over Sheeta at this point. It's like they said it. Listen, I get it. Sheeta is. The, the champion during this time of uh, uh, coronavirus and everything, and just uh, during a pandemic. She's the champion during a pandemic. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, she is struggling right now without an audience, and you can't hold on for too much longer. We said it. Her eighth title defense. It's grown stale. You got to get a new champion. It, it's just you got to get her some time off. Let her come back when the crowd is there and say, you know what? Let me come back for what I lost. That's the way you write this story. Have Rick Baker take it from her and just have her out, out for a while. And then by September, when we have fans back, boom, Sheeta hits, music hits, Sheeta's back. Oh, my God. And you got a fan base behind her because okay. that's what Sheeta – and I feel the same way with Asuka in WWE. Yeah. Asuka needs to take some time off. She needs fans. Her and Sheeta have been the champs during a pandemic, and they carry the women's division. Give them the time they need off now, because right now they're growing stale. And that's that's my uh, POV on that. 
Okay. Well, you know what? I agree with that to the extent, but I don't agree that Britt Baker should be the one to do it. Only for the fact, I think, is Britt Baker is the kind of heel that works much better with the crowd there. I think with, when there's a crowd there, she too will have tremendous crowd reaction and be able to guide that. I think for now, you, you throw it on a transition champion. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brains in this division who, who should be able to ride it for a Thunder Rosa would have been a good choice. Jade you know? Cargill. Oh, God, no. No, not Jade. <laughs> hey, you know what? I wouldn't even mind you threw it on Red Velvet for a little while. You know? <laughs> I was just about to say that, Red Velvet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I may, and it might be a little too soon, but if she can catch her the attention next week, if she puts in a really dominant uh, performance next week, I think you'd look at Chris Statlander again. You yeah. Know? So, uh, but I really think Britt Baker somebody, you, you use her when you have a crowd. You, you use people to get the comedy or the hate on her. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. she's tailored for. I think if we threw her in now, she ha- runs the same risk as Sheeta of falling into the oh yeah the, tra- the the champion when no one's around thing, and it feels not as special as it could be. So I could be wrong. What do you think about this, uh, Elio? This was a great match. I I like everything about this match. Um, that that one spot uh, way where uh, Tay was on the top rope, she loved that sent on when Sheeta was laid across the, the turnbuckle. That was a cool move. Yeah. I, that's something that you haven't I mean, seen, never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I think uh, when Sheila hit that witch's shot, uh, then uh, Tay went down to the crash into the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so was, a great match. And I'm, I was glad to see her get her kicks in properly because uh, yeah. it seemed lately uh, poor uh, Tay's been having like a, a 50% chance of mm-hmm. making it look good or making it look awkward. And tonight she, she came with her A game and good for her. I think this propels her into a level that uh, she'll work hard now and down the road, she'll be somebody that you can make a champion and somebody that you'll be like, yeah, that chick deserves to be champion. I think right now this was her stepping up because we've all liked her, but I, 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 I we would all be remiss if we didn't say we didn't really think she could take Sheeta at no. all, you know? Now, their rematch makes me excited because I think maybe she has a chance against Sheeta. You know what I mean? And that's a perception change, and that's what they were shooting for. Um, all right, next we moved on. Now, guys, my I had some massive TV problems here. I cannot even talk about what happened in here. So I need you guys, first of all, to talk about the inner circle thing. What happened there? Yeah, well, uh, we had the inner circle come out. Now, the inner circle, listen – they could have cut a great promo. They did one last week. They did not need to do one this week. And that's what messed everything up. Because what happened was Chris Jericho started singing show tunes about MJF. Yeah, that, that was terrible. It just didn't work. Jericho, it didn't work. But you know what did work, TJ? Mm. Santana grabbing the mic and talking and letting the people know the how badass that he is. And mm. saying, listen, we already seen your blood. And come blood and guts, I want to see if you got your heart. And that shit, I was like, wow, Santana, that's the badass I want. I want him out of the inner circle. Santana mm-hmm. Ortiz need to be tag team champions. This is the tag team that you want to be your tag team champion. Santana Ortiz, they're badass dudes, man. I'm with them. <laughs> um, but other than that, it, it's, it fell flat for me. Even uh, Sam Guevara stuttered on his words, on his wording. He had one line. And he started it. So yeah. it was just, come What's on, the man. Spanish word for straw? <laughs> and he didn't know. He said the wrong word because I looked it up. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, Elio, you want to throw anything about this? Yeah, this was, uh, uh, I like this promo. I mean, uh, Jericho was singing the show tunes. It wasn't funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Santana's the only one that really stood out to me. He lived a great promo. And okay. next week, they're going to have a parlay, a parlay. between between the inner circle <laughs> and the pinnacle. They're going to decide on what the rules are for blood and guts. Uh, yeah. Isn't that why there's a promoter? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you ever promote of the year that could be doing this shit? Promoter of the year does, is taking time off, apparently. Okay, okay. I'm, yeah, what do you even say with ridiculous shit like that? Why, though, how come, how come Chris Jericho has always these ongoing... You know, the... It's so WWE. Let's have town hall meetings. Let's have barbershop quartets. Let's have, I don't know, whatever the fuck, picnics in the park. It's always something ridiculous that... It works in WWE, though. That's me, that guy. No, it doesn't. It It does not work. Raw is so boring and fucking stupid. Yes, but they don't do... They don't know. They don't do singing... Uh, show tunes and stuff like that. <laughs> no, but, but they do a lots of stupid bullshit that they're trying to emulate. Festival of makes... Friends yeah, was great. That. that was great. I mean, Jericho was in WWE. The stuff he did there was way better than what he's doing now. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know. I don't okay. know. Okay, okay, uh, guys. I, mi- I apparently I missed a Miro thing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, Miro went on to cut another promo, and he said he basically came at Kenny Omega and he came at Darby Allen. He uh, said, he's, "Yeah, he said he wants a championship." Yeah. So if you have said, a championship, you've got a problem. Yep, that's what he said. That was so, basically, uh, basically his promo right there. I, I guess Darby Allen's next because he's not going after Omega. Um, maybe she does in the back going, oh my, what's my <laughs> I've said this in the past. Uh, where's this Amiro been all this time? Well, uh, he still hasn't done anything, guys. So it's no, not I know. I'm saying, so. like, uh, all, all the stuff he's been doing has some yeah. video games, this, video games, that. Uh, it's like, uh, we should have been seeing this guy that we're supposedly supposed to be getting. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's move on to the next match where we have the guy nobody wants to see versus the guy nobody wants to see anymore. Where we have QT Marshall and Billy. Did he crawl out of a fucking grave? Because that guy's got to be fucking old. Gun. Um, Bill looks good. He sure he looks good, but do you really give a shit what would happen anywhere in this match? No, like we was, knew what was going to happen. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, Dumb. I, 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 I His goofy sons and their goofy headbands jumping out of the. Uh, on the the bad guys, we got uh, we got the guy with the one punch come in and take out. Uh, yeah. At least the punch looked a little better this week. No, was, you didn't no, think so. No, it looked bad. It still looked um, bad. And Dustin Rhodes. Okay, so now he's painting his face. <laughs> the half is from the bottom down. <laughs> like shark I thought boy. it was. Yeah, I thought it was actually a mask over paint. That's what <laughs> I thought as well. And then his mouth opened, and I'm like, oh, that's just paint. I thought he was wearing a mask under. Anyways. And then um, what's with the bull rope? That's not a bull rope. That's a whole, like, what, a saddle. He can't yeah, have a saddle. What the I, fuck? I didn't understand that either. Yeah, they call uh, it a bull rope. I'm like, what, so we're going to have a bull rope match? Can you see Marshall Wilson Rhodes? Once again, who cares? Yeah. Uh, the only cool culmination is Dustin smacking that guy over the head with a chair. He just stood there. Where but, did they get that wooden chair from? 
Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, there's a, a whole dearth of wooden chairs now. Like, no one's had them for 40 years, but now, yeah, good call. Because even when you put, I was like, what? Wooden chair? Where the fuck do you get that from? <laughs> um, can we agree that this was some stellar uh, stuff that's going to make millions of people tune into this? Yes, it definitely was. I agree with you. That's sarcasm at its best, folks. <laughs> this shit ain't going to bring anybody in. It, it was ridiculous. I'm sorry. Um, Speaking of not bringing anybody in, yeah, the elite. <laughs> the elite. Don Callis and Kenny Omega and his boys in the back. Holy crap! Do the young bucks look like idiots? Oh, yeah. I didn't even recognize Nick jo- Nick Jackson. And then he actually said something when he said something just about shit. I was like, "Whoa, that dude talks." Yeah. You know, he actually said a line. Well, there was only one line, but at least it was a line that jumped in rather well. Um, then we were taken back to WCW slash Monday Night Raw, circa nineteen ninety eight. We've yeah. got monster trucks and <laughs> we got trailers. trailers. Oh my goodness. So we're going to believe that uh, Moxley and, and Kingston ram a giant truck into the side of this trailer uh, to go after these guys. They go in there. They're not there. I got to say though, as stupid as it was, I kind of enjoy the bantering between uh, Moxley and Kingston. That's gold. That I agree good. with you. That hey, is very good. Aren't you going to at least let me uh, move out of the way before you throw the pipe? Well, move that, out of the way. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. That's how you what wasn't hilarious was just it just didn't make sense. You yeah. guys were in the trailer, and then they ram it, and then suddenly you're not in the trailer. Where did you I, fucking go? I think the the idea was there was a pause here between when Gallows was looking out the window. So I and did you see there was a back door on it? So I think the idea was they looked out, saw them revving the car, and they all ran out the back of the trailer because you couldn't see them obviously yeah. on that side as the trailer hit. It's dumb, but that is the only logical way to explain yeah. this. But we shouldn't have to, right? I mean, yeah. wrestling's pretty dumbed down enough. I don't need a fucking Rosetta Stone to figure out what's <laughs> going on in the plots of these things, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 you know, it was a mix of terrible shit mixed with some good stuff. So. Yeah. 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 Uh, what? And where does Callus keep finding these weird jackets? He's always wearing like some kind of thing that goes halfway to his knees. He you know? same spot where Seth Rollins gets his suits from, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, next, we move on to Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian. Um, hmm. Okay, match wise, a bunch of hitting back and forth. Christian. Uh, I thought he was the good guy, yet he played the bad guy's tricks in the beginning yeah. of this match to start this match, which kind of throws throws you off of the dynamic because he's supposed to be a good guy, but he has to resort to these trickeries to get the bigger guy, which not exactly a hero thing to do. Um, then uh, Powerhouse throws out a... I got to say his spine buster was pretty damn awesome. Just yeah. he nailed that really well. However, Taz correcting JR, <laughs> and Taz wouldn't back down. And I usually would get this. We've had these times where we've seen um, JR talking and it seems like he's not got a handle on shit or things are going off and somebody, usually Excalibur is trying to gently guide him back to the post. Uh, It looked like almost today, like Taz was like kind of trying to push him somewhere, but I'm going to, I'm going to go out and live here. And I'm going to say, I don't believe that JR struggled with anything here. I think it wasn't that he didn't know what the name of the thing was. He, I think he damn well knew what the name was. I think he was trying to explain that that power that that the spine buster was so impactful hard 
that he couldn't just call it a spine buster right out. He was trying to figure a way to describe it because it was like a massive slam combined. With yeah. It. And I think Taz mistook and thought he didn't know what he was talking about for a second. And because you could tell JR was a little miffed, but not miffed at that. You could tell he was trying to be like, he was even sarcastic and playing off spine buster, you call it. <laughs> like, so I'm going to go on the limb and say that, that uh, JR did not screw that part up and that Taz thought he was covering for him. But then got carried away himself because Taz is kind of a douche at times. Yeah, he likes, he likes to talk about himself. Um, then we seen uh, the classic uh, powerhouse kept mocking Christian a lot. You know, said so every now and then he'd do the stupid Christian thing where yeah, went off to the thing, right? And that directly led into the, the kill switch. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess there, there's a message there, kids: uh, don't mock your opponents till after you beat them. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I want to say this, though. I am not happy with the way Christian's being presented. Now, I've teased Rick a lot, and I've always downplayed stuff because of how much he loves uh, Christian. Christian. But the thing here is, I really like Christian a lot, and I think he has, a, he's, has the potential to make such a big difference within this company. And I did not agree right from day one. He should not have fought Kazarian to an even match. He should not have come in as the, I'm the plumber who's a little bit better. I'm the worker who's going to be harder. The goddamn guy is a superstar and a former world champion. He should have came out, slapped some faces around. Maybe he had a few rough things from guys doing some illegal shits and back jumping and stuff, but he should be presented as a guy who's, he's a main event dude. I'm sorry, but the way he's been presented in AEW, there is a, there is no AEW fan who could look at this and say, yeah, he's a main event guy because they're not letting you see that. Yeah. They're downplaying him. They're not playing to his strengths. And they're making him, they're not making him look good. And I don't like that. I don't know if you agree with this, Rick, but uh, I know in the beginning you thought that was a good way to introduce. I think that set a bad precedent downward spiral. I don't think you should have gone with the Kazarian route. I think you should have came out and crushed some motherfucker right off the first bat, uh, slapped around a few guys for the next couple of weeks, then fought Kazarian. But I don't think it was a good way to start him like this. I think, I agree in a way. I think, honestly, they should have started him off just like they did. But he has to fight every fucking week after that. Like, you cannot give him time off. If you're going to outwork everybody, you need to be there every single week. And do not give him guys like Powerhouse Hobbs, who's a lot bigger than him. That, yeah. that's, that's where they messed up. By doing that, they messed up. Give him opponents like Scorpio Sky, like Ethan Page. Let them work. Also, what does that do for you? Losing to Christian Cage does not destroy your credibility. But no. if you have a great match with Christian Cage, that elevates you and it keeps him up there. So if you have Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky going back and forth with this guy, then you're just like, wow, these guys are actually really good. It's, I, I, I wonder what they would do against somebody that wasn't Christian Cage, who was supposed to be on the top of the game, right? He's outworking everybody. So, of course, he's going to win. But who else can they be? That's how you build these stories for everybody else. But going up against Powerhouse Hobbs, the guy is a machine, right? And now Brian yeah. Cage is a machine. Like, Christian's Too many machines. Be, right? <laughs> exactly. Christian needs to go up against workhorses like Frankie Kazarian, you know, like Ethan Page, like a Scorpio Sky. That's what builds up wins. And then all of a sudden, you get hit to Kenny Omega. That's the story that they should be telling. If you're going to outwork Daniels. everybody, where's Christopher Daniels? If he's going to outwork everyone, he has to outwork everyone every okay. single week. But the, but see, the, the precedence here that you're setting 
uh, Rick, is this is all predicated on the fact that you know who Christian is. Yeah. Okay. What do you do with the AEW fans who don't know who Christian is? Who have never really seen him? Maybe they've never... There are. There are a lot of people who've come in since AEW started just watching wrestling in AEW because yeah. this is supposed to be for them. See, my problem with that is if you took uh, uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, or any of those guys, and you put them right now into a match with Christian and they go 20 minutes and it's a hard-fought match and Christian squeaks out a win, well, that tells me, as a just an AEW fan who doesn't really know who Christian is, that tells me that this dude struggles with mid-card guys. Oh, he's okay enough to win in the end, but it took him 20 minutes to fight Scorpio Sky, who's been passed around like a prison bitch for the last eight well, months. Well, that's or, why... But see, that's yeah. that's why you have to have him show a dominance coming in where people go, whoa, who's this dude? And then but, you can do some stuff. But putting him equal to these guys who have already been passed around and have terrible winning records to begin with. And sure, they're great wrestlers. I love Scorpio Sky. You guys know I've talked about this yeah. dude forever. But you put him 50-50 in a match with Christian and Christian managed to take his thing. If I didn't know who Christian was, then I assume that, or I don't know who Scorpio is, then I assume that, you know, Scorpio's been around and I've seen him lose a ton. It tells me that this Christian guy is a mid-card guy they brought in from the WWE. He has to work hard. He can beat guys, but he's got to work his ass off. That's not a superstar presentation. But what you can do with that is uh, build him to that point. Now, if you, the commentary team is the one that's supposed to help build that. Mm -hmm. They tell the people, listen, Christian's been out of the ring for seven years. He hasn't wrestled in a long time. Yeah, that was a hard-fought battle with Frankie Kazarian. I wonder if they had a rematch in a month after Christian has fought this one, how would it be? And then you have him fight again in a month and you have him destroy Frankie Kazarian, and then you're just like, oh, shit, Christian yes. is back. That's yes. how you do it. I agree, if you have that follow-up. But if yep. you're just going to have him keep competing with guys and giving guys a rub, it's not a rub if the fans don't really know who the fuck yeah. Christian is. No, yeah. Well, that's you know, why, that's the importance of commentary. That's definitely, that that's true. on them. Yeah. That is on them. Okay. Uh, let's move on. There's, uh, yeah, I know you're going to want to talk about this one, Rick, the Jay Cargill <laughs> thing. Go ahead. Hell, yeah, Jay Cargill. Listen, girl, you looking for a manager? Hit me up, girl. Wrestling POV podcast on the Facebook page. You know, iTunes, YouTube, Poppy, Spotify, iHeartRadio every week, girl. You could be, I could be your manager, girl. You could jump on. I am that bitch's bitch. Yes, I will be your bitch, all right? When, when she when she did that promo, I was like, I was like, you need a manager. Call Rick Stroud the third. No, 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 no. If I've learned anything about old wrestling history, you look at Elio, you throw a turban and a suit on him, he's the new Grand Wizard. He's the new Grand Wizard. Just needs some sunglasses, and he's in there like swimwear. <laughs> Interesting I said that about Jade Cargo. All right. Ooh. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there's something about her that kind of wins me over a bit in the physicality department. I'll say that. Yeah. I shouldn't. She, I shouldn't. She, got, she got more abs than I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to go with it. I'm not even saying another word here. Let's just move <laughs> It's got me not talking. All right. Uh, let's go to the main event of the evening. Uh, we have Darby Allen putting his belt up against Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And um, there's a few things. There's just a few silly things I want to say before I tell you how I think of the match. Um, 
I found it very funny that if you run into the corner and turn backwards, now it's called a coffin splash. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Uh, JR saying, man, that was a slobber knocker of an elbow. <laughs> slobber knocker of an elbow. Just loving it. Uh, I guess that's why I like wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like this match a lot because finally Darby was fighting, wrestling somebody. He was wrestling yep. somebody who not only could keep pace with him, but could do the things he does maybe not as fast as he does them but could keep running with him uh could take a beating like him could make a comeback like him and it made me see a finally a part of darby allen i want to see more of i want to see the darby allen who wrestles and has some offensive moves and does stuff i'm i'm with you rick i am tired of seeing him get the shit kicked out of 99 percent of the match so that he could do one fluke win to me that's not a champion that's a fluke if, 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 if you only can win because you fluked out on something, you're a fluke. You're not a guy who, who's worked towards a belt or a championship. Uh, tonight, he looked like a credible champion. And it also, for me, was sort of the graduation that we saw for Tay Conte here, was for Jungle Jack, uh, finally showing you that he can run with the top guys. He may not be 100% ready to talk over the top guy, but now he's knocking at the door, and uh, it's time for this guy to go into singles. And, uh, and make some waves. Rick? Oof. All right. You know, first of all, Darby Allen, you had a penis on your face. So I can't take you serious. <laughs> that, that's a pen 15. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take you serious with a penis on your face. Turtle Boy, let me tell you something. This is ridiculous, man. Why are you doing this to Jungle Boy? This You can't keep giving him title opportunities and keep having him not win. You can't keep putting him into big predicaments and big positions and big spot matches and have him lose. And then Darby Allen is a baby face, I thought. He's eye gouging and pulling hair to yep. win the match? Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. And now listen, this was, I'll tell you what, this was a lot better than last week's against Matt Hardy where he got yeah. his ass beat down. This was a more 50-50 kind of match. I feel like, not 50-50, I feel like it was 75-25 Jungle Boy. I feel like Jungle Boy had more offense in this match. And once again, Darby Allin finds a way to pick up a win. I just don't understand it. Also, Luchasaurus struggling with Sting? Yes. (laughs) You got a prehistoric dinosaur versus a prehistoric dinosaur. What the fuck, man? Like you got, you got to do something here, man. And then they're struggling backstage. Again, they're supposed to be baby faces. They shouldn't be beefing with each other. And at the end of the day, Darby Allen picks up the win. It just, and I listen. Say what you will about Jungle Boy. Oh, he's only twenty three years old, Rick. He'll get his shine. But when? When is it gonna happen? Because mm-hmm. the guy's been working his ass off, getting himself so close, and just not getting his nut. All right, mm-hmm. he's that squirrel that can't get his nut, and I, I someone give him a nut, somebody, please. <laughs> uh, I gotta say, I was impressed with the move that Darby used to actually do the win. It was a credible yes. surprise win without doing the fake roll up. Yes, yes, so I it was. Think that was. I think that was good. Uh, how about you, Elio? How, how you seen this whole situation? Like, okay, I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, hate this match. I actually like this match and just yeah, say, yeah, like, 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 like you're both saying, Darby, for, for as much as the guy gets beat up, he always manages to like, you know, end up winning. 
Yeah. And like, um, like, he was close to the ropes. He could reach up to the ropes and he grabbed her. I, I got gouged eyes. Well, here's the thing. I want to, re- I want to remind you guys that I can't remember if it was uh, Cody Rhodes or if it was Tony Khan, but one of them had very plainly came out and said, there are no more good guys and bad guys. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. We don't need good guys or bad guys. There's just shades of gray, and people are more interested in seeing shades of gray than definitive good guys or bad guys. Because let's face it, are there any good guys or bad guys at all on the AEW roster? Is there anyone you can point out and say that guy is a straight-up good guy? Jungle Boy. Yeah. Jungle Boy is a good <laughs> guy. the only one, and he got his ass handed to him. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Jungle you Boy on his is face too. the only one. Yeah. Look at his face would look like he would look like holy shit, what have I done with my life? <laughs> and then uh, and then to just like squash that whole story, they Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky come out to yeah. attack Darby. And uh, then Lance Archer comes out. And then all of a sudden Lance Archer and Sting are working together. Yeah. <laughs> Lance Archer and Sting versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Oh so, god. I gotta I gotta I'm ask. saying uh, for no, I know you're where, saying. Yeah, yeah, I see it. I got to ask. So if you're a Scorpio Sky or Ethan Page and you're in the ring and six foot 10 Lance Archer comes running out there like a freaking maniac, grabs one. He picked up Scorpio by the throat, picked him up like his head almost came off, picked him up and threw him. Right. So you're Ethan Page. So you decide to get up and jump him. And then Scorpio gets up and he's going to jump him. So you guys are just going to beat down this giant. And then decrepit old Sting comes out with his balding hair and his terrible makeup, <laughs> carrying his little baseball bat, and you guys don't even confront him whatsoever. You guys run. You, the other ones, are like, we got to get out of here. Sting, man. Yep. What the heck? <laughs> Explain to me how does that? Uh, I just don't get that kind of logic. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so at the end here, let's guys, I, I, let's talk about this whole like it. Like I said, this was a tough one for me to gauge as a show because it was. The way I was seeing it was not the way that you guys got to see it. Yeah. Um, if I take the matches, I have to say that uh, I want to say this. When the first hour was finished, when the women's match was done, I was like, wow, that hour went really quickly without me feeling bored. That's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, the second hour, it had its moments. Um, too much MJF, too much uh, inner circle stuff. We don't really need this stuff as much. They've already got their names. They've already got things. Why can't we focus on some other people? Uh, yeah. In the end, though, in the end, I'm going to say that I enjoyed this enough to give it a B minus. That's the grade I'm going to go for this week. Elio, what kind of grade are you going to give her? Yeah, um, the first half I enjoyed. Um, then, like, the second half, I'm going with B minus uh, as well. All right. You know, Rick? Coming into this, I would say C plus, C plus, C plus. Um, mm-hmm. Hearing your B minuses, I I want to, but fuck you, Darby mm-hmm. Allen. Sticking with my C plus. <laughs> well, at least it went from C plus from C minus. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, uh, folks, uh, I'm interested to see now what a uh, sorry what uh, NXT is going to counter with, because. I'm almost feeling now, now that the war thing's over in the WWE's mind, I don't think they're going to be stacking um, NXT with big matches anymore, unless it's oh, a takeover. Well, I, I think can they're going to start. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, NXT dropped the ball this week. They are not, it's yeah. not a war anymore. But what I can mm-hmm. tell you is that Wrestling POV podcast, what we are now doing is going to be Monday Night Raw, 
versus mm -hmm. NXT versus AEW versus Friday Night SmackDown. So all four shows go head-to-head. -head. Last week, NXT won, but I can guarantee it. If it's up to me, NXT will not win this week because NXT was bad with their Orange Cassidy Plus that they had oh, going out there. Kyle O'Reilly. I, <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. I like it a lot. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. It's god-awful. God-awful. You know, so, yeah, okay. yeah, I think NXT is now, after the war is over, they're just like, fuck it. We don't need to put our best every yeah. week now. We're back to a developmental show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, did you know, Rick, what the numbers were for last week's um, AEW? I heard it was over a million. It was 1.2 million. Nice. That is the biggest audience they've had since that show has gone on. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's a, a neat thing to look at. This week, they pulled out the guns here, man. They had There were some big matches on this card and some big things advertised. If they could keep this this week, they can draw over 1.1 or 1, you know? And then go into next week, there's already starting to line up some things. By week four, by week four, they have the blood and guts thing, which I don't know how that's going to sell. They're, they're basically advertising this as one match for the entire event. Yeah, so, just like uh, Hell in a Cell used to be. Yeah, yeah. but how to? <laughs> but here's the thing, Rick. Uh, we've seen like on Raw that Iron Man matches don't really work. People tune yeah. out because, especially an Iron Man match, if you know it's an hour long match, there's that hesitation to watch the first few minutes and then just go to the end yeah. and find it. You know. Um, so I'm curious. But here's the thing: if they can keep a couple weeks at a million plus. And then go into this gimmicky uh, blood and guts thing. This could be a way to pay for them to be a consistent one plus million viewers every week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's exciting. Last week was an okay card, but this week was very good. So I'm hoping that uh, this. Do you know what the biggest segment was last week, Rick? What, which drew the most? Was fans? it Mike Tyson? Nope. Nope. No. It was Darby Allen and Matt Hardy. Oh, wow. Apparently. Okay. Apparently, uh, Darby Allen, we make fun of the stuff and we make fun of him as the face of TNA, but he actually is bringing in the numbers on his segments from the, the uh, demo oh, God. that people want. He, he's yeah. appealing to the 16 to 30-year-old uh, crowd of, of men and women, and uh, a lot. Like, it's noticeable well, when he's on. It makes, it makes sense because everybody's been depressed the last year, so of course mm -hmm. they're going to be attracted to the depressed guy yeah <laughs> hey, he's half turtle <laughs> so folks you know what we uh we had a great time i want to thank you rick for jumping in today i know uh something came up andy still on uh sabbatical uh, no yeah. he's not really sabbatical he's on assignment he is well we can't tell you where it is i you know i tried to, i just can't to wait to hear back from him when he because he doesn't yeah. answer any of my messages so well, when he comes back, he never back, did before he left either, though. Rick, that's true. Remember that. So um, he's at parts unknown, and you know what? If anything we've learned, there have been so many wrestlers who've come from this mysterious parts unknown place. It's got to be a big place. So I'm yeah. hoping, hoping that Andy is fitting in well. Uh, I'm not sure what the assignment is, which is ironic because I gave him the assignment. I just don't really remember what I asked him to do. But maybe it'll come to me in a fever dream or while I'm drunk or something like that. But the point is, Andy will be back eventually. We'll find out what's going on in places and parts unknown. Uh, it's crazy because in parts unknown, there's Wi-Fi for quarantine, but there's no yeah. Wi-Fi 
for well, well, it's kind of a thing, right? You know, Andy's using this opportunity. Uh, he, he he leans towards quarantine a little bit more than he does global. I mean, you've, you've seen the anger in him when he has to talk about AEW sometimes. <laughs> Pleasure as always. Yeah. So, uh, guys, you guys have a great night. Uh, all you fans out there, we enjoyed talking with you. Uh, we enjoyed just going over this because you know what as much as we complain as much as we harp as much as we bitch about the stuff we see we love we're it. still wrestling fans and this is what we like to watch okay <laughs> you know so uh we want to thank you guys for tuning in and thank you guys for joining me again this week elio you noisy bastard say good night <laughs> to the people for me and you talk to y'all next week